learned anything from these past couple of years, my fellow Americans, is that personal medical freedom and liberty are in crisis. America Out Loud Pulse brings together the top experts in healthcare-related fields to keep you a beat ahead. Dr. Ryan Cole of Idaho has been one of the true warriors and heroes of our profession for the last three and a half plus years. And unfortunately, he was under trial, if you will, from the Washington State Board of Medical Examiners. It was a four-day hearing where they're seeking to take away his license. It was a travesty of justice, to say the least. The way they went about prosecuting him in this administrative hearing was shameful and inexcusable. It was four days of hearing, and on the last day, the... Hearing had Dr. Uh, Pierre Corey of FLCCC.net testifying for three hours, I think. And the whole trial could have been summarized with the very last statement. Jordan, do you want to play that uh, for us and then get into it? Well, right now. And would it surprise you that? In England, they have reported that deaths occurring between April 1st, 2021 and May 31st, 2023 um, in their Office for National Statistical Data stating that the unvaccinated have higher rates of deaths. That wouldn't surprise me. That is not the, that's not what the data shows. Excuse me, I misstated it. That the study states that the um, claim um, is untrue that the um, age mortality rates for coronavirus have been lower. Judge, I don't think I can um, put together a decent <laughs> question here, so I'll just draw it and think. So was, funny, Stuart. What, what what was going on there? <laughs> that was uh, the sad lady, Kristen. I think Kirsten or. Kristen Brewer, who is the prosecuting attorney, if you will. And at the very end, I mean, that was the last statements made by any uh, by either side in the entire four days of testimony. And here she is at the very end validating our perspective. And we'll talk about that study that she referenced later in the program. But here she is trying to prosecute Corey. Pierre Corey, and uh, at the very end, she says, well, um, I want to reference this article or this study, and it looks like, well, it looks like uh, the people that are vaccinated die more. Um, I want to withdraw my request, Judge, for this question. <laughs> it was yeah. classic. Yeah, that, again, just shows you that sometimes, um, I think, you know, I think the problem is, I think a lot of these um, especially kind of policy slash people that are um, uh, more lawyering, I think that the data is just overwhelmingly on, on their side. So when they see anything that says vaccine and it comes from the Office of National Statistics in England, 
it has to be exactly what we think, right? It couldn't be the opposite. <laughs> yeah, but, um, but the, the thing is, and we're going to talk about this, um, Dr. John Campbell uh, on his podcast goes over this last week. And um, we've been getting this data for a long time now. Yep. And this is the type of hearing that we have been waiting for for three and a half years because these people aren't going to be able to run from the facts, run from the reality, the harms they've done to people. And it's uh, all because of their pride and arrogance. Um, I, I mean, everything the government has done for the last three and a half years virtually has been wrong. And here they get there. I mean, it's just an amazing ending. This was the very end that epitomized the whole travesty we've all been forced to endure. It was. Which is that basically, again, once the data comes in, when it's, you know, the data doesn't say what the experts said it was going to say. <laughs> right. And, and that's, uh, the, that's the problem is that appeal to experts is fine until the data comes in. But the data's been coming in, and they've been oblivious to it, to the death and injury of millions. And uh, one of the articles, I went to the preprint server yesterday, and one of the articles that talks about these glorious shots, I was like, wow, that's interesting. And uh, just looking at the um, headline, and lo and behold, you know who the lead author of the paper was? A Pfizer doctor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then a CVS doctor was second on the list. It was uh, comical, if not so injurious to people. Yeah, to me, it's it becomes kind of laughable at the end of a lot of this because you sit there and go, "This isn't." There's no way that we're still, you know, <clears throat> talking about the things that we would have said. Those are kind of settled. That this thing is not. Um, <clears throat> what we would have thought, but nope. Um, they keep on stepping in, and I think is um is what I would call um a couple other things that came out this week is related to a um there's a vaccine uh, article just looking at damage in the heart, and uh it was pretty interesting. We'll we'll include that here in a second, but it basically. Um, also shows you pathological studies of people that had died within 30 days of the vaccination. And the ones that they could find the mRNA on the cardiac tissue in had much different changes in their heart than the ones that they couldn't. So again, a lot of people die within 30 days of a vaccination. I'm not saying that, you know, people die all the time, but it was just interesting that this one basically pointed out that the ones that they could find the mRNA in, meaning they actually came up with a way to look at the proteins of the uh, mRNA in the tissue uh, had much different findings in their cardiac, um, uh, in their wall, in their pathological uh, specimens that they had in their uh, right and left ventricle. So, Yeah, and I want to kind of personalize this, if I can, for, um, for so many millions of people. This study that we're going to reference and look at from um, the ONS Office of National Statistics for the UK. <clears throat> and there are a hundred, if you compared the rates, we're looking at rates, not numbers, because the statisticians can lie and deceive if you uh, don't really pay attention to what they're saying. 
But the rates, if you compare the rates of death of those that got the shots versus those that didn't, it's astronomical. And there was, if you look, all age groups, 18 and over, all age groups are, um, are harmed by this, especially the elderly. And um, this goes to a personal situation with a very, very close family friend. She was a patient. She was 90 years old. Really the picture of health for a 90-year-old. She gets the shots like, just like her three best friends. She gets her shot, and all four of them develop AFib within six months. Not, of course, these are elderly people. AFib, that's a very big risk factor for that. But isn't it curious how all four develop AFib, and then unfortunately a week before, a week before last she died. Uh, thankfully silent, the very peaceful death. But it was sad uh, that she, I don't believe, uh, were it not for the shot, that she would still be here. And I'm saying that not under bias. Before before uh, 2020, remember in trials, in trials, in legitimate trials, uh, if there was an agent that was involved, an investigational agent like these shots are, uh, and something untoward happens to the patient, it is that shot that is assumed to be the culprit, especially if you know the uh, mechanism of injury. And um, of course, we've thrown that rule out the window like we have so many others, like informed consent. It's shameful. It is absolutely shameful what these people in the uh, twilight of their careers have done to the world. And America's, the reputation of our country will pay dearly for this in generations to come. Yeah, and a lot of it comes back to just plain hubris, because what they were scared of was losing really their funding or their legitimacy because a lot of this if you trace it back to why america got it so wrong it was because there was a group of scientists that realized um that their hands might have blood in it blood on it because a lot of the research that was being done they were involved with if not promoting and god forbid that they get their names tarnished uh, at the expense of the lives of so many people. Yeah, because, it's just unbelievable. You know, our leaders, how they responded based on the experts, experts that had interest, interest being the key word there, um, in keeping the origins of this virus quiet, um, were the ones that were directing us what to do. And they directed people what to do in a way to keep uh, their backside clean from somebody else pointing out that this seems to be something that you were involved in. So I think that's the other problem is um, conflict of interest are always, always present. But in this case, conflict of interest was at a new, what I would call probably a new high, high we had never seen. Um, right. So, yeah. I mean, it continues. I mean, I think that's one thing that's been exposed to most people is uh, follow the science as Cheryl Atkinson's new book has is a dollar sign at the um, 
for science because that's really what a lot of this is. It is, it is um, basically monetarily influenced, uh, not only just research, but direction. So, you know, a lot of people would say, well, they're not, they don't work for business. They're, you know, um, but, you know, there's different ways that people get their druthers or their, uh, their recognition. And especially in science, sometimes money doesn't mean anything. Right. Um, a lot of times what actually means stuff is power or name on things or, you know, research directions or who <clears throat> do they get to decide who gets funded for this and that. And that's where Fauci, even though he became very rich on top of it, uh, Fauci is, is a good example of somebody who's his main um, his main pride is based on his credentials, his power, his ability to influence other people, his ability to give you money, but also take that money away. Yeah. Um, and it's amazing how the UK, uh, people in the UK seem to be more willing to dive into the real data from their national uh, government. But the reason that is, is because our government isn't releasing it like theirs is. It takes a lot of digging from the UK data to figure out what's happening because they don't yeah. want to, they don't they aren't forthright with it. But at least they're releasing the raw data. And, yeah, and they've been releasing the raw data for a long time, so it makes right. you know for everything, not just so it makes it easier to you know. Run. And here's yeah, here's another example of the UK. Um, here is a professor of oncology at St. George's Hospital Medical School in London. At the end of last year, I reported that I was seeing melanoma patients who had been stable for years relapse after their first booster, their third injection. I was told it was merely a coincidence and to keep quiet about it, but it became impossible to do so. The number of patients affected has been rising ever since. I saw two more cases of cancer relapse post-booster vaccination in my patients just this last week. Other oncologists have contacted me from all over the world, including Australia and the U.S. The consensus is that it is no longer confined to melanoma, but that increased incidence of lymphoma, leukemias, and kidney cancers is being seen after booster injections. Additionally, my colorectal cancer colleagues report an epidemic of explosive cancers, those presenting with multiple metastatic spread in the liver and elsewhere. All these cancers are occurring, with very few exceptions, in patients who have been forced to have a COVID booster, whether they were keen or not, for many so they could, they could travel. So why are these cancers occurring? T-cell suppression as was my first likely explanation, given that immunotherapy is so effective in these cancers. However, we must also now consider DNA plasmid and SV40 integration in, in promoting cancer development, a feature made even more concerning my reports that messenger RNA spike protein binds P53 and other cancer suppressor genes. It is very clear and very frightening that these vaccines have several elements to cause a perfect storm in cancer development in those patients lucky enough 
to have avoided heart attacks, clots, strokes, autoimmune diseases, and other common adverse reactions to the COVID vaccines. This is the epic last statement, uh, two sentences. To advise booster vaccines, as is the current case, is no more and no less than medical incompetence. To continue to do so with the above information is medical negligence, which can carry a custodial sentence. No ifs or buts any longer. All messenger RNA vaccines must be halted and banned now. That is Angus, Dr. Angus uh, Dalgalish, Dalgalish, who is a uh, professor of oncology at um, St. George's Hospital Medical School in London. Uh, I mean, that sums it up perfectly. The data is overwhelming. Stop these poison shots. And thankfully, thank the Lord, the vast majority of Americans have stopped taking any more of them. And, of course, it looks like the, the, in, the back, in the back halls of the White House, they're trying to figure a way to force us all to receive it. But uh, it is these shots are just evil, as they have been and as we've been saying for years now. And uh, finally, the people are listening. It's just are the people that are uh, the elected officials listening and willing to carry out what the right thing is. That's the ultimate question. And I hope that they repent and start doing so. Well, with that, we will be back after this uh, with a discussion of another paper that I think is of use as well. Again, this is Dr. Jordan Vaughn, Dr. Stuart Tankersley on America Out Loud Pulsed on iHeartRadio. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. You've heard Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company discuss the harmful effects of spike protein in your body. And now they found the solution, the miracle enzyme natokinase. Their spike support formula contains natokinase, the most compelling and scientifically supported approach to safely clear spike protein out of the body. What's more, spike support is optimized with other all-natural, non-GMO ingredients, like dandelion root, to help prevent spike protein from binding to your cells. Everyone should take daily spike support so you can feel your best. America Out Loud listeners can go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced? These molecules hold a sacred place in chemistry because as we age, the vital communication of our immune system to keep our bodies free from harmful bacteria, viruses, and toxins become less efficient. For the first time ever, ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening, and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code OUTLOUD. These days, every time you turn on the news, it seems like there's a new threat to your health. 
maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Advanced Nutrition Company, Healthy Cell, created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack. Tear off the top and shoot it down, or mix it in water. Boost your immunity. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. So previously, we were just talking about its effect in the adult population. But beyond the fact that children are people that probably, without a question, actually not probably, do not need um, this vaccine, the question is, what is the consequence to children? Obviously, thankfully, children are fairly robust and able to tolerate a lot of things, uh, unlike some elderly person. But there was a paper that came out uh Recently, it was August of uh, 2023, looking at the vaccination in children and its altering of cytokine responses to pathogens and toll-like receptor agonist. And that's a fancy word of saying, does giving this vaccine to kids uh, result in them not mounting the proper response to other types of uh Pathogens, pathogens that are more probably even common, more dangerous, things like Staph aureus, E. coli, uh, influenza, um, as well as other viruses. And uh, what this paper found, uh, Stuart, what did it say? Did it say it was so great that we should give this to everybody? Well, if you want them to die or get injured, it, uh, it's the perfect thing. Yeah, instead, it basically pointed out that the uh, altering of basically what we would call uh, cytokine responses, so they call them chemotractant protein 1, um, to these basic bacteria <clears throat> was uh, decreased. So that's a bad thing when you don't have the body's ability. Uh, and that decrease was sustained um, for a significant amount of time. Uh, but it was also decreased for viral uh, cytokines. So viral cytokines like IL-6, IL-15, IL-17, and those uh, lasted for about six months. So um, hopefully, uh, when your child has uh, gotten the shot, which I uh, hopefully they didn't get, but you're able to make sure they don't actually interact with all of these other things because their response to them is not going to be as great because of the altering of the cytokine responses that they were born with. And again, I think that goes back to our original um, preface is that the immune system that God gave us is incredibly complex, so complex that our understanding of it in the last 20 years is probably, you know, a hundred times what we knew of it the previous 20 years. It's expanding at an exponential rate. And so when you mess with it, you better know what you're messing with. And I think the one thing that is true is that when we uh, embarked, not we, but the, our governments embarked on this a brave new mRNA, give people the pathogen and have them make it world, 
they did it with a blind spot. And that blind spot was they really didn't know the consequences. And the problem is, is the consequences are really half of medicine. And half of medicine is being able to warn people about uh, things. But also, if you're going to give an intervention or something, it better darn well be studied. And not only studied, you also need to inform the patient, the parent, uh, whoever it is, of the consequences. And when the consequences are found after the fact, that is an abdication of medicine's duty. Yeah. And on the on the reverse side of that, of that, uh, the point that article makes, and so many others that are, that we're going to go over make, on the reverse side is a study in the preprint server. And uh, the title is Impact of the New Bivalent Vaccine on Acute Symptoms, Quality of Life, Work Productivity, and Activity Levels Among Symptomatic U.S. Adults Testing Positive for SARS-CoV-2 at a National Retail Pharmacy. So who, uh, um, in looking at the authors, there is none other than Manuela Defusco, who uh, is listed as an employer of Pfizer. <laughs> and then the second author is, uh, I don't know how to pronounce the uh, Asian name. It's X-I-A-O-W-U-S-U-N, Soon. Who is her employer? It's CVS Health. So here we are, these uh, people that have... Neither of those people have interest, right? I, right, no, <laughs> no self-serving interest at all. Um, yeah, I didn't think third, so. The third author works for CVS. The fourth author, Elon uh, E. Poshua, works for Pfizer. Um, this is on the paper. Uh, Henrietta Kotzer, Kotzer um, works for CVS. She's the next employee. Uh, Mary Alvarez, Pfizer, Kristen Allen, Pfizer, Thomas Porter, Pfizer, Laura Puzniak, Pfizer, Santiago M. C. Lopez, Pfizer, Joseph Capillary, Pfizer. So you have uh, half a dozen or so Pfizer uh, employees and two or three CVS employees who are advocating for, guess what? You benefit from the COVID shot. And the conclusion of their study is COVID-19 negatively impacted patient outcomes. Compared with unvaccinated, not up-to-date participants, those vaccinated with bivalent BA4-5 BNT162B2 reported fewer and less persistent symptoms and improved work performance. It was shocking once I saw who the authors were that the conclusion would be so uh, would would yield benefit for the shots. But this is the kind of garbage, lies, deceptions, scientific fraud, if you will, in a way, um, that we've been having to endure from the CDC, NIH, uh, FDA, HHS, all these deceptions. And going back to what we started this program with today, uh, you, more and more hearings are going to be held. These people's lies will be exposed. 
And in that case that we started with, even the prosecuting side, even the other side, will have to acknowledge the data that they heretofore refused to listen to that has shown how much damage and destruction and death they have caused. And it's uh, it's continuing, obviously, with this study from Pfizer and CVS that uh, they just are going full tilt, full speed ahead. But as we know, and as we've been thankful which, for... Which, again, I mean, I think just, just pointing this out, I hadn't looked at the study explicitly, but I imagine CVS and Pfizer, their ability, and I bet it was just a phone interview, um, <laughs> to find out what, you know, I doubt the person that is uh, harmed or in the hospital or no longer alive is going to respond to a phone interview. Do you think yeah. that, Do you think they were left out of the conversation? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, you know, these people that are making so much money, there might be a spiritual blindness to it that prevents them from seeing what is so obviously patently illegal or immoral. Um, they're damaged and killed so many. Um yeah, it's just another example of the times we're in. Is yeah. that what you were kind of alluding to? Well, no, I'm just saying that, again, I mean, usually in these phone, you know, I guess they're biased from people that benefit. Like if, anyway, because the people that <clears throat> are harmed sometimes don't answer their phone. So, anyway. <laughs> yeah, well, we know that there is bias from what uh, the the FOIA requests have revealed have revealed about Fauci and Collins and Walensky and all the, and the White House. Um, it's just uh, shameful, shameful. And um, let's see, there were some other preprint server papers that I, that I called out um, this past week that I think are worth uh, evaluating. Remember, we've said this many times before, the site that uh, to me has been, and they talked about it in that hearing for Dr. Cole. I think Dr. Uh, Corey, Pierre Corey, mentioned it. But every doctor should know the C19 study. Dot uh, com. The C19 study. Dot com um, website ha- is a wonderful repository of in- information. And, yeah, I think uh, the other thing is, uh, yeah, I think the nice thing about that data is they um, include all the studies, studies right. that are, you know, again, it's just a, basically it was what we call an on-demand meta-analysis. So meta-analysis meaning, you know, I mean, they're basically that's one of the hard things about medicine is you can have two studies that might say a different thing, but then in the end, you usually have enough of studies on one side or the other to kind of compare and see which one was truly the truth not um you know which one was actually valid right Um, because again i mean people are complicated data is complicated um people are biased um so it's more of a you know putting them all together and seeing where the outcome comes from so right and so what and they not only do they uh, uh, accumulate the data and look at it from a meta analysis perspective but they list each study. You can go to every one of the studies that make up the meta-analysis. It's just a wonderful repository. Anyways, so... It's really a way we should do a lot of things, by the way. Yeah, amen to that. Not just COVID-19. But and so... It'd be helpful uh, to have, have that kind of resource for statins. Or <laughs> Yeah, right. Yeah, good point. And so um, here's a, uh, a study 
curcumin and turmeric extract inhibit SARS-CoV-2 pseudovirus cell entry and spike-mediated cell fusion. And it's uh, from an Asian country. Uh, looks like it is uh, Kuala National Research and Innovation Agency. It might be India. Anyways, and they showed that the benefits are there and how, and they explain how the curcumin and turmeric extract do, in fact, uh, help against the fight of these shots. I mean, of these this vaccine. I mean, uh, sorry, virus. And so uh, we go to, if you go to the paper, it shows that, and then we will attach that to the file. But then when you go to the meta-analysis uh, page, the c19study.com, I'm just going to, and this is one of the 40-plus agents that they've been following for a long time now. And uh, just looking at the first page for curcumin, of all studies, there have been 26 studies with 14,736 patients. There is a 42% benefit improvement. When you look at mortality, there's a 63%. Um, so the, the first numbers I read you were the total. And then when you go to the web the page, you can see it for yourself. Mortality, 63% improvement. Eight studies with 714 patients. Um, hospitalizations, 27% improvement with 12 studies in 13,500 patients. Um, randomized control studies, uh, 45%. Um, randomized control mortality, 63%. Peer-reviewed, 42%. Um, but it's, you know, this is the uh, kind of data that every doctor should but know. Th it sounds like, Stuart, um, the problem that you're, uh, I, I mean, as a Western medical graduate of UAB, it's hard for me to believe that something that probably was already existing on this earth. Um, you mean man didn't have to make it? Yeah, for it to like help? ivermectin. Wow, that's fascinating. <laughs> yeah, nobody made a ton of money off of this one, it doesn't look like. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, I mean, so maybe it's uh, worth considering. Uh... And actually, the one thing that I think I find, uh, again, that question was obviously um, a little bit facetious, but right. um, the goal is understanding a lot of where our pharmaceuticals come from. I guess where a lot of them come from. Nature. Nature, botanicals, uh, barks, you name it. Um, just because it has a fancy name, it's interesting that a lot of times you source out the source, and the source might be a molecule or two added to some bacteria found um, somewhere in the you know Japanese golf course forest. So. Okay. Yeah, that's that's, right. that's one of the other things that a lot of what I would say vocabulary is done is even things like aspirin. You know, a lot of times I will recommend uh, other think types of extracts from bark to people, and they think they're natural, and they are. But then I ask them, well, what do you think aspirin comes from? And uh, they don't realize that it comes from bark. Right. So it's not that crazy to think that bark, other types of bark, might be able to have benefits. So again, I think that's somewhat the vocabulary or, um, you know, the kind of 
mind mind games that the medical industry plays with a lot of people is, oh, well, if it's not something that you have to get a prescription from your doctor for, it must not work. And the truth is, is most things that you have to get a prescription from your doctor for are that way because of the medical industrial complex. Um, and there's a lot of things that are much more dangerous than things that you have to get a prescription from your doctor for, things like Tylenol or even aspirin that are over the counter. And the reason that they're over the counter is because the industrial complex did not exist prior to <laughs> them being in wide use. So yeah. I think that's a lot of people don't real, realize that. it's um, There's a lot of power in nature and what God's already given us. Uh, think- one of the other studies that uh, I was looking at um, from the preprint server, one of the preprint servers, uh, I think we'll, in the next segment, go to John Campbell's preprint. With the rise of independent media, we are now AmericaOutloud.news. For the genius of the United States is not found in its executives or legislatures, nor its ambassadors, authors, colleges, or churches, nor even in its newspapers or inventors. The genius of the United States is we the people. AmericaOutloud.news. Liberty and justice for all. For 25 years, Global Healing has proudly produced the highest quality supplements and cleansing programs that are rooted in nature and backed by science. Get 15% off all of our products using code OUTLOUD. Global Healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. You've heard Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company discuss the harmful effects of spike protein in your body. And now they found the solution. The miracle enzyme natokinase. Their spike support formula contains natokinase, the most compelling and scientifically supported approach to safely clear spike protein out of the body. What's more, spike support is optimized with other all-natural, non-GMO ingredients, like dandelion root, to help prevent spike protein from binding to your cells. Everyone should take daily spike support so you can feel your best. America Out Loud listeners can go to outloudcare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. How can you improve your odds of staying healthy? The answer is stay healthy with Cofix RX. Who's got time for a cold, strep, a flu, HRV, RSV, or COVID anyhow? Cofix has some great news. Besides being featured as a top five product in the drugstore news, we completed the protocol that you've heard Dr. McCullough talk about. Cofix RX is already famous for a powerful virus hostile nasal solution, and now we have a throat spray too. Crush those nasty germs before they become a problem. With known antiviral support ingredients like povidone iodine, xylitol, and vitamin D3, you can feel a little safer. For a limited time, when you add the new Cofix RX throat spray to your order, you'll receive 25% off the entire purchase. Just click the Cofix RX banner on the America Out Loud website or store. Be sure to use promo code OUTLOUD25 at checkout 
Don't forget, OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Welcome back to America Out Loud Pulse on iHeartRadio. This is Dr. Stuart Tankersley, and uh, this is uh, kind of a continuation of the first segment today that I mentioned uh, there's a Dr. John Campbell, who is a YouTube star. He was very much uh, in lockstep with the, with the narrative pushers for the first year, year and a half maybe. And uh, I just, it, it was sickening uh, listening to him. But then he finally woke up. The Lord gave him the eyes to see and ears to hear. And uh, he has been uh, a wonderful witness to the truth, uh, even though the truth has been very sad to watch over the last uh, year and a half, two years. I told you about a video that I'd watched of his. And by the way, he's a doctor of nursing that has been a lifetime instructor. But anyways, uh, most people probably listening to this podcast have seen him on YouTube in the past. But anyways, uh, I promised you a part of the recording that he gave last week in looking at the excess deaths in the UK off of the ONS databank. Unfortunately, that video has been deleted, but what it showed in every age group from 18 up, um, looking at the data, you look at the rate of deaths after the shot versus those who did not get it. And uh, if you extrapolate, since the large majority of people in the UK were forced to get the shots, if you extrapolate out the numbers in comparison, so you're comparing apples to apples, if you will, uh, there were 155, over 155,000 excess deaths. And uh, then this week, um, this weekend, past weekend, he uh, had another video, and it's uh, talking about uh, Member of Parliament Bridgen at, uh, in the UK. He finally has news that he's been given approval to bring up a speech on a Friday of all times, I'm sure, October the 20th, uh, he'll have 20 minutes to address one of the health ministers in the UK Parliament. They finally are allowing it. You may remember last year the tragic uh, video of him bringing up the excess deaths. And uh, when he was allowed to speak, Almost every parliamentarian left the room. Shameful. And uh, so here is the latest in this video that he recently had, I mean, this weekend that he had, because the prior one was uh, was a block, one that I thought we were going to be able to talk about, but um, it's unbelievable. But ON, this is ONS data. Uh, the 37th week uh, in the UK shows a 2.7% increase in excess deaths. And then he goes to the uh, couple of different websites, Our Data, Our World in Data, Our World in Data, and then the Organization for Economic Cooperation, OECD. And these uh, tease out the real data that the ONS 
and our own government and here in the the U.S. are hiding and obfuscating and uh, ignoring, despite the obvious catastrophe that is before us, has been before us for three and a half years. Excess deaths by week uh, in the first thirtieth in the first thirty weeks of this year. The UK shows a hundred and thirty six thousand three hundred and Sixteen, the U.S. We are at eight percent excess deaths, one hundred forty-seven thousand eight hundred twenty-eight. Australia has an eighteen percent increase. Remember, they they locked everybody in and threatened them with a uh, prison camps if they got out of their houses down in Australia and New Zealand. That awful, horrible woman that was the prime minister that uh that uh escaped with her life from uh the prime ministership if you will earlier this year she was the one that just uh, the pride and hubris was egregious anyways uh australia shows an 18% increase in excess deaths nine, right at 10,000 new zealand 16% increase sweden wow Let's look at Sweden for a second. Sweden had uh, less than 1,082 than expected. So they had a negative growth in the excess uh, deaths. I remember Sweden was the outlier in England in Europe because they didn't have the lockdowns and the ridiculous rules that were imposed on them. Uh, but uh, Ireland had a 17% increase the risk of death. Uh, I mean, excess deaths. Uh, Denmark had a 15% increase. Uh, it's just unconscionable. It's uh, no way to explain it. And the politicians in charge uh, keep running away from their responsibility and forcing the accountability that is so overdue, that has done such damage, so evil. Once again, the other side never has uh, answered for they're wrongs. They will prosecute uh, somebody like uh, Dr. Ryan Cole, who has been saving people and looking at real live, uh, real science and the data, rather than following the narrative. And uh, they, out of the hundreds of hours that he has given in public speaking, I remember one of the sentences. Uh, one of the prosecutor, prosecutor uh, showed a video of him saying something. Uh, and she said, do you still stand by that? And he said, uh, no, I don't, because at the time I hadn't read all of the data, but all of the data that I had read at that time, I did not qualify the statement, um, but uh, all of the data he had read validated the perspective of uh, for, on which he gave his opinion. And, of course, these types of comments uh, in the four days of trial were played on the local news so that uh, Dr. Ryan Cole uh, looks like this monster when in fact the people that have been doing this to us and killing hundreds of thousands, millions of excess deaths, there's no answer for them uh, other than they need to all go to prison. They need to be held to account. At some point, after three and a half years, the, the accountability, which has been uh, completely uh, ignored, uh, at some point these people 
Fauci, Collins, Dr. Scott Harris, the health, state health officer, they have ignored uh, their malfeasance. They have ignored their responsibilities to look at the data that is counter to what they're preaching. Uh, blasphemy almost. It is so evil. Uh, but, you know, that's the trap that they have put us in. And uh, thankfully, like we've said before, that most people, the large majority of people, are on our side, do not trust our government. But what will be the result of it? Well, that turns the page. Uh, back in May of last year, the uh, WHO and the UN started convened a uh, re- convened a meeting and passed a resolution. And there are 18 months of um, public, if you will, public uh, input into that resolution. There have been over 300 amendments added to it. And what this is going to do is going to take all freedom away from every uh, citizen on the planet. Because these people, in the 18 months, ends December the 1st of this year. And our public officials, if they don't reject, and they can say we opt out, whatever um, rule it is that allows any of the member states, they can just say, okay, y'all can pass that law, but we don't adhe- we're not going to adhere to it. But they are going to, uh, they're going to uh, pass the law, laws in, that nobody's accountable. There are no elected officials. These people that uh, run the show up there are not elected officials. They're not accountable to you and me or anyone else other than themselves. And uh, they are going to, if this does not, if the good Lord doesn't intervene and courage, people with courage don't stand to the fore, uh, they're going to do some of the first passes laws that basically take away the freedoms that we have been guaranteed under our Constitution. And uh, the people in charge want it to happen, obviously. Uh, it's egregious, to say the least. And, of, and in a very important uh, interview that Mr. Dr. Campbell does with a Mr. Rogusky, who is a obviously a lawyer who understands international treaties and contracts, maybe, he sounds that he has devoted an extraordinary amount of time in following what the WHO has done over there in Geneva, Switzerland, very underhanded and evil intense. And so at the in Dr. Campbell's uh, interview with him, the title of it is Sinister Developments. I doubt this will remain up long on the YouTube channel, but we're going to play a major portion of it. In other words, my concern is that this unelected bureaucratic group, potentially re- representing vested interests, can put forward its dictates, some might say its tentacles, into different countries in the world, and their word from Geneva will have the power of law in in my country and in your country. Because w- w- when we put our last video up, James, that's, that's been v- well viewed, uh, the last video, Many people simply said, well, I'm not doing this. I won't comply. This, this, I'm, I'm not going to accept this. But the point is, if you've got the power of the state saying you will accept this, then you've no choice because it's got the power. So it seems to me that they are usurping the power of the nation state that our governments correctly have over us because otherwise we'd have anarchy. And they're using that for their own 
some might say, parasitic purposes. I just find this whole thing really sinister. Well, I, I agree with the sinister nature of it, um, you know, certainly nefarious. And let me give a couple, maybe three examples. Um, in, mm, in the Bureau's text, and I, I'm sorry for the word salad, but I've been living on word salad since I started looking at the WHO um, documents. In the, our, our viewers are smart, James. They can cope with it. In, in the Bureau's text of the WHO Convention Agreement Plus, that was published on June 2nd, and I call it a framework convention because that's what it is. Chapter three sets up a framework convention where they would have a conference of the parties. That would be a bureaucracy that would be created and given authority. So if you agree to give up authority to a bunch of unelected, you know, unknown, unaccountable bureaucrats, I think you're behaving strangely to say the least. But what that group would be made up of is delegates from the nations, but also representatives from corporate organizations, things that are, in, in my view, um, they're pandemic profiteers. The, the companies that make jabs and drugs and testing equipment and laboratory equipment and personal protective equipment, whatever, if they're accepted because they're buddy-buddy with the people who are in the conference of parties, then they get a seat at the table and they have an inside view as to how they're going to spend the $30 billion a year that they want to pump into the pharmaceutical hospital emergency industrial complex. Add to that United Nations agencies and all of the foundations and relevant stakeholders like Bill and Melinda Gates and so forth. Those people would make up the conference of the parties and under Article 38 of that document, they could write detailed protocols every time they meet going off into the future to infinity. Well, it's kind of like if you had a contract that you were going to sign and the person that you're working with says, well, hold on a moment. Let me put you know a couple of dozen sheets of blank paper in here. I'll have my people that I pick later fill in all of the details, just, uh, just sign here on the dotted line. It's that insane. Now, don't take my word for it. Go back to 1992 and look up the Framework Convention for Climate Change. If you think insanity has taken over our world, I don't think you need to look too much further than an agreement that puts authority into an unknown group of people to make decisions about climate. Well, what affects the climate? They think it's everything. Do you want to have your nation agree to a framework convention for pandemic prevention, preparedness, and response that includes the One Health approach, which says pretty much everything you could possibly think of has an impact on your health, so we're in charge. Do you really want to give authority to an unknown band, you know, a cabal of, of oligarchs who want to set up a cartel to create a laboratory network where they can share pathogens and develop more biological weapons and take your public money and fund the building, which they're already doing, of factories and laboratories to make more poisons to inject into more people to turn healthy people into customers? I say no stop this, 
or the Alabama Medical Association and ADPH's reassessment of the their failures. It's not going to happen. So he goes into great detail. I would encourage anyone uh, that has any influence or any uh, connections with those in authorities at the state and federal levels to please uh, strongly encourage them to listen to what has been going on. And we only have two months to block this. Uh, good Lord willing, it'll happen. But this is just uh, a level of evil that uh, is almost on par with the whole scam um of COVID. And with that, uh, I'm Dr. Stuart Tankersley and Dr. Jordan Vaughn on America Out Loud Pulse. Uh, always one beat ahead on iHeartRadio. Thank you very much. <laughs>